This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I've lost them again, I've got the military out. Look We're the so happy following the blues. We love you, what more can we say? I've lost all volume. Hipkiss is also from his tooth surgery. Uh, welcome to you, Paul. 
Thank you very much. Good evening, all. AKA Mr. Sheen. And of course, we have Mark Adams, as always, AKA Mr. Rogue. Hello, everybody. You okay? We have Mrs. Brad. Good evening. <laughs> we have Good Self, and of course, the legend that is Mark Ward, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along, Mark, and thanks for giving your time up tonight, mate. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, so we can have a look at some insights to your time at the Blues. Uh, of course, this programme is sponsored by Boyle Sports, the principal sponsors of Birmingham Football Club, in conjunction with SAF Torches, our good friends at Borsi Labour Club, and of course the Garrison Coffee Company. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Remembered it. Uh, I've got a bit of flashing going on my computer screen, so uh, we'll try and sort that out in a minute. So we're actually having a disco in here tonight, to be honest with you. <laughs> welcome along, Mark Ward. Yeah, welcome, lads. Thanks, thanks for having me. Oh, nice one. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure, mate. It's great that you give your time up. Um, it's very strange times that we're living in at the moment. Uh, just been listening to the news a little bit earlier. Tier 1, 4, football fans can come in. Tier 2, 2,000 football fans. Tier 3, none. Uh, I've got a feeling Birmingham and the West Midlands will be Tier 3. Uh, and I think we'll be the same up here as well, in and around the Derby areas. So... Uh, I don't know, onto your helmets, guys, and, and we're just going to have to wait. And see. Got to say a massive, massive, massive happy 70th birthday to the legend, Frank Worthington. Happy birthday, Frank Worthington, a.k.a. Elvis Presley. Birthday, mate. <laughs> Hope you've had a good one, and there's many more to come. Mark, your time with us, um, you, you were solid, weren't you? You were an hard knot, weren't you? A proper hard knot. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Um... <laughs> No, it was a surprise to me to, to leave Everton. I still had 18 months of my contract left and uh, only for falling out with Mike Walker. Um, they say goalkeepers don't make good managers and that's a, that's a true statement. And uh, he came to Everton Football Club and the, the, the club was too big for the man, you know. But uh, me being the man I am, I told him straight and uh, like I said to the lads before, the only thing that we had in common was our initials and uh, I think... Um, the day I'd, I'd put my car in his car parking space because it had MW on the floor at the car park. Um, I said to him, listen, all the great managers in the history of this club, I said, never had to put their initials down on the car park. I said, because everybody mm. respected them. As, you know, he was just uh, the man. He was never there at the club. Uh, he was only there, you know, come in the afternoon and... Like I said, that, that that morning I drove in and, and I parked the car in where he where he parked his, where he should have done, and uh, he didn't like it. So that was the last time I kicked the ball for Everton Football Club. Mm. There you go. And how, did it come about, how did it come about then, Mark? Obviously, you came to us then, and was it? Did you say it was David Sullivan that got in touch? Uh, yeah, you know, I'd scored against Liverpool in the derby that season. I'm a proper scouser because I'm an Evertonian. Um, <laughs> Proper scouts as our Evertonians. Always remember that. We were the first <laughs> club in the city. Yeah. Um, they have supporters from Norway, Sweden, Pluto, Mars, <laughs> <laughs> everywhere by Liverpool. You know, when you go to Goodison, it's 99% scouts. You know, you yeah. go there and they're from every, every walk of life. But uh, yeah, I just went, uh, I wanted to go out on loan and there was a couple of clubs down south and, and then Sullivan ran me up and said and then Barry ran me up after Sullivan and said uh, just come and his, his words were come and show these how to pass the ball so said 
just come to the end of the season, we're already down. And I said, being the type of guy I am, there was 10 games left, they haven't won a game for three months. And I said, what, what happens if we keep it up? He said, well, we've got to pay your wages, but there's 75 grand bonus there. So, you know, we missed out by one goal. And Unbelievable. My wife, wife at the time wasn't oh, going no. <laughs> and you certainly, you certainly showed us how to pass the ball. That's for sure. Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah I think the first game was uh, we played Middlesbrough, and they were they were quite high up in the in the in the league, and uh, I think we beat them three 0 And uh, you know, I thought, well, not being big headed, but coming down from the you know the top flight, you know, it's tier lower. I just found it quite uh, not easy, but. You know the room that I had, and, and uh, I felt it, it was easy for me to play in that in that level. You know, yeah. We got back up. Oh, was sorry, Nick. We got back up. Though. Yeah, yeah, we did. did. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, very unlucky not to uh, stay up, to be honest, because we beat Tranmere last game of the season. I think it was West Brom had to get a, a better result than us on the day, and they, I think they went away and, and won away. And we missed staying up by a goal. Yeah. So, you know, I played out of them 10 games, I played eight. We drew one and lost one. So I think it did make oh, it. Oh, that's difference. the Blues for you, though. That's Birmingham City oh, all over. We do. That's how yeah. we do it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's have a quick chat about today's game. Um, well, Paul, Paul, Mr. Hipkiss, what did you reckon to that one? Um, yeah, wasn't, 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 wasn't pretty on the eye, but again, I'll go back to what I've said before that we need to be patient. You know, we, he's still, I, I genuinely believe that he's still learning about the squad and what's right, what's wrong, who plays where and all that. And, you know, it was all very defensive on Friday against Coventry at home, which obviously none of us really thought, you know, we had to do, but wait, you know, if, Correct, if, if, one, sorry. Of them, if one, of the, one of them Duke chances sorry, goes sorry, in Paul. there, sorry, Nick, I've got to, got to correct you, Paul. It was away, not home. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, sorry, yeah. So we wouldn't expect to be defensive against Coventry away at home, I should have said, sorry, not at home. Um, Tough place to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean if one of them Djokovic chances goes in, then you know it's not all that bad, is it? So we did create the better yeah, chances. All, I, did like, I did feel like we were the three better. Had team. In, sorry, Nick. If all three had gone in, it'd be a lot better for me. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you know the positive is we're, we're, we're keeping more clean sheets now. Obviously, people forgetting that, you know, we were getting rolled over every week before this season started and he's only been here a few months. So, yeah. let's, give him a, let's give him a bit more time to get it right and uh, hopefully longer term, I'd like to think we'll create more chances and we'll be more uh, entertaining on the eye. Yeah, mm. OK. Well, Mark, uh, Mark, um, our Mark, Mr. Rowe, uh, what's your take on Halilovic signing? Uh, to be honest, Nick, I don't know a lot about him. Um, I'm hoping no, no. It, I'm hoping he, he comes off. I think it could be um, the end of the line for someone like Crowley, though. I really do. Um, I can see, uh, yeah. I can see him, I can see him going Crowley. Um, I think Cranker just doesn't doesn't rate him at all, does he? Bit of a bit of a shame. Well, but... something going on there, isn't there? Yeah, um, it, w- it wouldn't be a shock if he, if uh, Crowley did go on loan or, or permanent. Maybe go somewhere back to Coventry or something like that. Mm. Don't forget yeah. though, Mark McGree, McGree's only with us, you know, on a, on a loan, isn't he? He's not here permanently, so yeah, yeah. Be, but, yeah uh, I don't know. That could. I don't know. I'm, that I'm, could I'm just thinking. 
I'm just thinking back to what, um, when we had Paul Devlin, you know, the other week, and then it's what he said, Paul. Um, Crowley does appear to be like a five-a-side sort of player. Yeah. Um, can he do it week in, week out? I know it's a, squ- a squad game nowadays, but <sighs> personally, I, I think there's still a player in, in Crowley. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it doesn't look too good for him, does it, at the minute? Maybe he does need a low move to get his um, mojo back, I don't know. But... Mm. Um, yeah, after the new lad. Oh, did you see the um, the announcement video? It's quite funny, really. I did like the. Um, I've not seen it. Oh, I won't ruin it for you, but it's <laughs> it's um, Sonitra driving into training, talking to him on on the phone. It's very funny, very good. <laughs> but, mm. uh, it's certainly different, isn't it? It's certainly, it's certainly different. So, I'll say that. Yeah. So, I'm going to apologise, Jen. I've got a little bit of a lag going on here, so. I'm... If I'm talking over, it's not because I mean to. It's just because you're a few seconds in either in front or behind me. Once someone's gone, so I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, Mark Ward, how old was you when you signed for us in early 30s? About 32, 33? It was 32, yeah. 32, yeah. yeah. Wow. A bit old. <laughs> yeah, and I think, uh, obviously, when uh, the season finished, I had another year left at Everton, so... At the top level, and yeah, they hadn't sacked Mike Walker, and uh, I wasn't one for just sitting around in the reserves with you know, with fellow big time. And uh, I've only left clubs, the only clubs I've left is because I didn't respect the managers I worked for, and uh, I left West Ham because Lee McCarthy took over. He's mm-hmm. never got the job in the first place, but uh, he's never a West Ham manager, so <laughs> I remember the songs we sing at him when he used to come back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some Sorry, of the yeah. songs we sang about came back from when he went went to Stoke. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he, well, you know, Lou for the great little player he was, he was just uh, the opposite of the way I you know wanted to play the game and the way West Ham played the game. And you know, he's you know, especially after gambling, you know, for his own team to lose, he got found guilty of that. How can you how can you give someone a job who, who bets the opposition to beat you? You know what I mean? That's so straight away that tells you mm. he was. Mm. He's never, been in the, he's never been in the frame with the job, you know. But, uh, yeah, and it, it was easy for me to make a decision because I wanted to move on in the game and especially in the coaching capacity. And when uh, David said, you know, we're offering you the same contract as, as on an edit and then, but you want you as the player coach. And I said, well, what do you think What do you think Barry will say? He said, leave Barry to me. So, <laughs> you know, he was pulling the strings there. like So Barry rang me. And he said, yeah, great to have you on board. You've done brilliant last season. Uh, he said, but you just concentrate on playing. And I went, no, I'm the player coach. I'm the first team coach. I'm going to be your best player. So straight away, there was a few problems, wasn't there? So we had to drop one of his coaches down, which he didn't didn't want to do. But it all worked out in the end because we'd done the double, didn't we? So, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we had our moments loads of times, but uh, one thing about me and Barry, we're both winners. And uh, yeah. Yeah. sometimes in life, you don't get on with everybody. But, uh, mm. you know, when he, uh, when he accused me of trying to take his job, I had a meeting with uh, Karen, Karen Brady, and all his staff. And uh, I think it was the one time she really uh, stuck up for me. And... Uh, Asked them all how many games they played in the Premiership, and every one of them had to say no. So she said, "Well, that's why we brought Mark here, because he's been where you have never been." 
So mm. we spent a lot of money. And they were vindicated at the end of the day because we won the division and we went to Wembley and we won that. So, but you know, my times there, I had some, I, I had a flat in Birmingham, really enjoyed living there. Um, met some great characters, and I thought the the fans were fantastic. Mm. Yeah, and it was great times back there going down. I mean, it's great. It's going to be great to go back down the Blues again after all this pandemic. But back then in the mid nineties, it was just brilliant, wasn't it? The guys going back down, going down the Blues then. Mm. It was just fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. Especially when Barry was there. The fun. It was so much fun down the Blues when Barry Fry was the manager. Like, we've seen him running up and down the touchline when we scored and all that kind of thing. You know, it was great fun. Well, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, you know. and uh, Yeah. Because where I'm living, it's in Essex and it's not far from South End. And obviously that's where he was for years before. Yeah. To Birmingham. So, one of the guys said he's, you know, very popular down this end. So there's a lot of West Ham down this end as well. He said, I'd like to get his both together. I said, well, that's fine. I said, well, I'll host it. I said, I'll ask Barry questions and he can ask me questions. So, um, so anyway, he got his number and, and he said, I won't, I won't swear because his first words were swear words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, I said, Barry, it's Wardy. He went, the effing best player I've ever signed. I want <laughs> I said, I'm okay, Baz. I said, uh, I've got something to ask you. So I asked him and he said, yeah, whatever. He said, he'll definitely meet up with me and we'll get a, a venue and there'll be fireworks, I think, that night. Definitely. We'd love one night. <clears throat> Sorry? We'd love to get him on here one night. Yeah, I've had... Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Uh, yeah, the one thing about him, he's entertaining and, you know, he's a colourful guy and He's done brilliant, you know, and uh, I think some of the things that he did, he left all the training to me that season and, you know, I enjoyed every, every, everything about it, really. Um, the problem that I had was trying to get a squad, a first-team squad out of the 50-odd players because the numbers killed it, really. <laughs> you know? so, but we had, uh, we had so many to choose from, but uh, I think the, the team more has picked itself and uh, we had some great players that season, to be honest. Yeah, we did. Definitely. We did. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of the lads went on to play in the Prem as well, didn't they? Daishi and Claridge and, yeah, you know... Um... No, we were strong right through the middle. When you think... I always like a strong middle. We had a great keeper, Benno. Yeah, Benno Daishi. as well. Yeah, another one. Yeah, yeah Daishi was a great captain, leader, hardest nails. You know, typical yeah. centre-half. That's how you want your centre-halves to be. You know, centre mid myself, and uh, you had know, Claridge up front. So when you think right through the spine of the team, you got yeah. four, you know, really good players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jose Dominguez went on to Spurs, didn't he? And played in the Prem as well. He did. Yeah, the little fella. I always felt sorry for him. I felt as though he got bullied a lot by Barry because Barry, Barry's way of dealing with a lot of things is shouting at people, and uh, you know, I think the higher you get up in the game. Uh, the better managers, better managers, and the, the most astute managers, are the ones that say the least. Mm. You know, Howard Kendall, ex-Birmingham player, mm. fantastic, fantastic player, fantastic coach, fantastic human being. You know, come to visit me in prison, just a fantastic person. He uh, mm. signed me twice for over a million pounds, so he knew his players. And like I say, uh, Barry, he had his his way of managing and. Uh, I've always said this, 
he could never manage. He'd never manage at the top level because players wouldn't tolerate the way he was with them. You know, mm. uh, he was very, very vocal, a verbal bully. That's what I called him. Mm. He couldn't bully me. If he did come on board, we'd have to have him after nine. <laughs> Sorry. If he did Sorry? come on, we'd have to have him on after nine o'clock. At nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd have to be a late yeah. one. Yeah. A late exactly. one. Yeah. You know, you'd have to have the bleep. In, you know what I mean? So, have the bleach, uh, yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris Brown couldn't react that quick, don't worry. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, you know, he, he's well worth getting on board because he's he's good, uh, he's good mileage and he's good fun. Mm. Yeah, mind that there's quite a few, quite a few characters in that team, aren't there? That 95 squad, you know, you look through the whole squad, they're, they're, they're just good players, but they're real characters, well, aren't they? You know, Claridge mm. and Tatey and. You know, all the way through. Um, the, the player I used to like watching was Peter Shearer. I think he was yes. so underrated at the time. He was, yeah. He was very good, he was. Yeah. So, mm. he used to, he used right, to Stuart to... Jones said... Uh... I was going to ask Mark Sorry. if he's still in touch with any of them. Go on, Mark. No. Sorry, Mark. I was going to say, do you still keep in touch with any of that, that era? Any of that squad? I think he's gone, hasn't he? Yeah, it looks, looks like we've lost Mark. We'll get him back. Uh, um, right, we'll ask Mark when he does come back on that. Uh, if you haven't done so already, uh, have a read of Mark's book, From Right Wing to B Wing. It's an honest and open view of how good and bad things can happen to a footballer. Keep right on. Stuart Jones for that. <clears throat> okay, so we've got to improvise now. We've got no Mark Ward. Yeah, um, it wasn't very often he went missing on the pitch, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't ever, was it? No, I just, no. Thought, I just, thought, I just hope I haven't offended him. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, you're right. Okay, got two competitions going on tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Brown, will you tell us all about them, please? Is <laughs> Chris gone as well? <laughs> Brown, Mrs. Brown, he's on. You're on mute. Just left. <laughs> Love it when a plan comes together, I do. He's either he's either pretending to be on mute because he don't want to tell you, or he's on mute. Uh, I can see him. His mic's not working. His mic's not working again. Got no mic. Mm. Got no mic. No. His mic's gone missing. Mark's gone missing. Mike's gone missing. (laughs) (laughs) It's all going Pete Tongue. Just like, just like Sky Sports. Let's talk. we trying to get Mark back. Let's talk about um, uh, the plans to get fans back into football as of next week. Encouraging, dangerous, I think, but encouraging. Uh, and obviously, if you're in level one, which Ray Hobro seems to be, he seems to think that he can get to the Blues, but I don't think he'll be there, him, right? Um, 4,000 fans or 50% of your capacity. Hmm. Level two, two thousand fans, or 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 uh, I can't remember the other the other part of that one was, but four thousand fans. Eh, okay, it's going to be better than nothing, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, but how, how are you going to how are you going to work it out? You know, how are you going to divide it? I don't. That's yeah. just the thing. I really don't know. It's just I don't know. I mean, to get four thousand people turning up as well. Um, mm. 
What if they all turn up together? What if they're all walking down the same streets? Da, da, da. The logistics is going to be a nightmare, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Sorry, Mark. I'd say how. I mean, do you literally do a, a like a lottery draw? And if you get to go one week, do you get taken out the draw the week after? I mean, mm. well, Stoke know. come up with a good, Stoke, Stoke City come up with a good idea. They had, a, I think, it was a, a red season ticket and a white season ticket. Yeah, yeah. If you've got the red, you can go to the game. If you've got the white, you can go to the next game. Red one back onto the next game. So at least you can get half of them. So um, then obviously, lockdown two happened, and uh, nobody's going anywhere, are they? No. But what if you've got what if you've got fourteen or fifteen thousand season ticket holders and you know that's seven and a half thousand each, isn't it? So, so sorry, um So if you had fifteen thousand season ticket holders, which roughly we've got it, we're between sort of twelve and fifteen thousand. Yeah. Um, then that's like, no, you know, yeah, that's the, seven and the maximum is four thousand, right? That's my point, four, yeah. So yeah, how it works out is if your ground only holds four thousand, you can only have two thousand in. So how do you how do you define who that two thousand people are? Uh, it'd have to be a lottery, wouldn't it? Well, it's gonna have it'd to have be an anyway. That's it. And as they say, I mean, like I say, those of us who are lucky enough to have a season ticket, but if you haven't got a season ticket, have you got any chance of ever going? Yeah, we got Mark back now. You're right, Mark. Sorry about that, we batty bent. That's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Sorry. But I had it plugged into one of them little charges. I thought he had it plugged in, but it must have been the wire. I don't know. What, what do you What do you reckon, Mark? What do you reckon anyway about fans sort of going back in in between sort of two, two or four thousand, two, three or four thousand? A load of uh, like you just. <laughs> I just heard the back end of that. How are you going to police that? How are you going to sign? How are you choosing fans? Yeah. You know what I mean. So I don't know. It's ridiculous. Um, so it's a bit of a lottery, isn't it? So the only way you're going to do it is like. I don't mean in like a draw, really, because how can you, how can you choose? Exactly, and you know and, mean? and and going down the blues with my dad and social distancing and being like ten seats down from him or something. Yeah, you know, kind of like and sat there in the freezing cold, sort of. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong; it'll be great to go again. But for me, you know, I I I, I just I don't know if I'm going to go like until it's all. You know, for me, it's all or nothing. Yeah, it, it's a difficult one. It and might- all- 4,000 fans, like look at the London Stadium at West Ham, we've got 4,000 fans in there, it's going to look empty, you know? Yeah. Uh, surely a stadium like that, you can still do social distancing, it's huge. You know, you mm. can even get at least 12,000 in there. So I don't know who comes up with all these numbers and, and things like that. Uh, it's, you know, it's this COVID's really getting me down and a lot of other people. And, Boris uh, misses numbers, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> It's, it's just unbearable. It's, you know, hopefully... Well, Jason Hughes said I saw Blues versus Field with only 4,100 fans at St Andrews. I was there for that game. And, um, we've been there before. That was uh, standing then. Oh, so it was a proper... That was a proper big stadium when it was, before it was uh, redeveloped. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Is, uh, what, what sort of atmosphere are we going to have with 4,000, you know, socially distanced? Yeah. It's going to be a joke. It'd be better than no yeah, fans, what's, Mark, what's but... It's better than nothing, Mark, yeah. Mark, Mark, yeah. Mark, what's happening now is we're looking at completely empty stadiums, apart from the car cutouts. Yeah. Mm. So put 4,000 in. It's a start. It's to way back, you know. And, and I, and it's baby I, steps. I think it will be... Yeah. 
yeah, it, it would be stupid. It would be folly to just open up and let everybody go. It would be stupid. Uh, Warren was a Stalin says, hope they don't just look at the corporate side of the game. Hallelujah. I'll back that one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but what else was that? And, yeah, Mark, uh, Auntie Linda says, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Ward, Auntie Linda said, put 50 pence in the lecky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Brendan, we can have a party when we come back. Nick, hey, we I'll give put Ray his the, four quid. Hey. Put money in the t- on the back of the telly as well. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. Look, I think two... on a Friday, my dad used to take two... all the money I'm going for a pint. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> so, Mark, who's, who's uh, the Steve Paul. The very, very, very good question here, Paul. Will they turn away fans who are deemed medically vulnerable? I would say probably. Sadly, but probably. Don't know. Yeah. Can't answer I don't that. Know don't know. That'll be down to all the... I've done an event with Benny, Frank McAvenny, uh, just before the lockdown down here. We sold 150 tickets. And I stood up, because I don't mean to be words, and I said, listen, we're all one family here. We're all the West Ham family, right? And our song is Bubbles, so we're all in the bubble. I'm forever yeah. blowing bubbles. But listen, I don't want people coming back here in a week's time or wherever to this club and saying, I caught COVID because I was out here. I said, if you've got any underlying conditions or you're very overweight or you feel a bit nervous, just go home now. You can have your money back. I said, so everybody is their own safety officer. So you just mentioned there, yeah. if you've got a problem, you don't go to the game. You stay out of it. You stay out of it until there's a vaccine. And, there's, and you know, don't put yourself in that position. Mm. And this is what I can't understand. Let the people who are healthy and get out to work and keep the country going. And the vulnerable, the elderly and the people who've got diabetes and all this, stay away from everything. Simple, isn't it? Mm. It's pretty yep. simple. That is. Yeah, Pete says get 3,999 fans in plus Jeremy. That would be a great atmosphere. <laughs> Come on. Bless him. Post sales K2 will be arrogant. They've got a job to do. They've got to keep you safe. They've got to keep you distanced. And, and, and it's like Mark just said, it, it's, it's down to you as well. It's down to you as a person to keep yourself safe, keep everybody else safe, and keep everybody else in your family when you go back home safe. And mm. keep the ground open so that more and more people can go. Mm. Mm. So, Mark, um, who did you, on away games, who did you uh, share a room with? And you got any funny stories to tell us that you can tell us? No, I used to room on my own. Uh, did you? I was the coach. I was the coach, so you know. Um, funny stories. I always remember. There was that many players. It was like Piccadilly Circus, wasn't it? Barry was playing <laughs> a player every week. It was. Yeah. There was an article done at the end of the season. He bought two, twenty-two players from his two previous clubs, Southend and Barnet. Wow! Wow! That's yeah. Hard. Honestly, <laughs> so they all knew each other. A few little clicks and all that, but uh, you know, I always remember Ricky Otto fancied himself, and uh, I had uh, North against South in training. <laughs> and, uh, 
I'd done it, you know, the way I was, it was difficult for me to split the squad up, you know what I mean? Because there was that many. and We didn't have as, as you know enough coaches to, to coach all the players at the times, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I think uh, Liam Dace um, and Tatey, you know, the, you know, we used to go out and have a beer down the Adley Road and <laughs> met some great characters. The stories I can't tell, that's just unbelievable. And, uh, Liberties. Was it Liberties by any chance? Yeah, I got a good yeah. idea. Liberties on the the first when I signed it was the first home game I think we won I mean my brother was down with a couple of scousers and Nora told me not to go there and I just went in there and we we, we got a proper hiding and uh, I always remember waking up in the morning and my brother Billy was in the middle of the bed and the other mate was there and the other one was on the on the camp bed and the phone rang and I went to pick the phone up and I had a big bubble on my hand I broke my hand hadn't I so and it was Karen Brady. <laughs> And she said, Mark, she said, uh, the press have been on the TV and the radio. Um, I've heard that you've had a, a bit of a problem down at Liberties. And I turned around and looked at my brother. I thought he'd been in a car crash. That's how bad he was. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, no. She said, listen, I'll deal with it because I got bullied there myself. She said, uh, it's an Aston Villa club. And I went, what do you mean an Aston Villa club? She went, well, that's where all the Villa go and... I didn't realise in the city that there were certain clubs that you, you could or you couldn't go to. Not like Liverpool, so... But uh, I sorted it out with a couple of my friends anyway. Uh. It was a, a rude awakening. And uh, Barry rang me and said, as long as you're fit for Saturday, son. And I uh, played, played with the cast on my face and a cast on my hand. And I got married of the maths, beat Swansea, away from home. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, mate. Well done. Yeah. Got a special request just come in. Um, could you, if um, we give you Chris Brown's address, could you send a little card? He's gone. He's gone again. He's gone again. His name was. <laughs> I'm having a <laughs> Could you get a little card and just signature it for me and send it, <laughs> send it in the, to Chris's address? Yeah. And. Uh, mm, I can't tell you. I'll, I'll tell you after this show's finished, Mark, what it's for, but I can't tell you now. Could you do that for us? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, whoever's uh, whoever's uh, written that will know exactly who it is, and we'll get that organised for you. No problem at all. All right. Okay. Steve Pork's are vulnerable, though. The young, fit, and healthy. This is the problem we have with locking away the vulnerable. I know, mate. I get it, Steve. I do get it. It breaks the art. I promise you, it really does. Uh, Stuart, I think if fans go back and vulnerable fans can't attend, then have to put measures in place to keep them in contact. It will be difficult, but maybe just a wee phone call to check on this vulnerable. If you get players uh, to call, that would even be better. Yeah, well, that's why we decided all the way through through this COVID pandemic, no football on. We carried these shows on every single Monday night, and the guest lists have just gotten better and better and better. And uh, it's their tenth season doing it now, ten years. And, and well, you, if you had a look at the guest list, it is it is on our uh, Talk and Talk Facebook page. You're very well to, welcome to join it. Just read with that guest list over the years, right out loud. Um, Dennis wants to know what you think about VAR. Is that me? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I'm just glad. It's one reason why I'm not playing at this day and age, you know what I mean? It's just uh, very frustrating. 
I, you know, I love to tackle. I, I love to play the game as a man, really. Uh, and now they're taking all the, they're taking the tackles out of the game, uh, and it's it's just spoiling everything. And uh, you know, some of these decisions that I get made, you know, it's like the minus. It's just like a, a fingernail offside and things like that. How ridiculous mm. is is it getting? You know mm. what I mean. So. Um, I think VAR was great to come into the game for one reason and one reason only, and that was the ball line technology, which, you know, the goals I played in games with the balls going over the line. And, you know, it was clear, but the linesman didn't see it. And uh, really serious things that, you know, that you can just view. But the title, like, VAR is running the game now. It's not the referee. Mm. That's what it means. The referee's there to referee the game. And... Uh, I think it's getting too much now. It is getting too much. I think the well, it's, it's, Sorry, Mark. I was going to say it's, it's human error, which makes makes the game exciting, isn't it? I mean, bringing VAR in, it's like robotic. Of course, it is. Yeah, it's spoiling the game. The decisions, you know, they tried they tried to change it a little bit. Um, imagine Barry managing now with VAR and <laughs> some of these. Uh, <laughs> oh you know, God! Imagine <laughs> or, or Brian Clough. Imagine Brian Clough. Oh. Some of the managers. Imagine him getting interviewed after the after the game about VAR. I don't think he'd. Uh, I'd love to have seen that. Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. Technology, you know, should enhance the game, and it's not. It's taking it taking a lot away from the game. Got some. Uh, Chris Brown, can you hear me, Chris? Can you just nod? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope you all saw that. His head nearly fell off. Um, what time are we doing the first part of the draw? Is it now? Okay, we're the first part of the draw now. This uh, week, well, this this we're up till Christmas. Uh, what we've decided to do is try and raise three thousand pounds for uh, several charities. PTSDs, one. Uh, Paul Debbins is another. Help me out, Mister Hipkiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PTSD. Um, yeah. Jeff Orsfield. Uh, yeah, Orsfield Foundation. Jeff Orsfield well. yeah. yeah. Foundation and Paul Devlin as well, yeah. Yeah. And the British owners, uh, the Birmingham owners? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. So what, we, what we're going to do is raise £3,000 between now and Christmas. Uh, Chris has had two football cards on the go this week, and this is going to be for a signed shirt. Now, because there are two cards, there will be two winners. Those two winners will be placed into the semi-final. Then write their two names down once it's been revealed who they are, and he will randomly pick one of them to win the signed shirt. Now, it's a signed shirt with Jude's signature on it. So it's <clears> one <throat> of the last signed shirts with Jude Bellingham's signature on. So here we go for the first draw. The, the next one will take place in about 15 minutes. And we have T. Otten. Tottenham. Oh, I've got it right. Okay, Tottenham. Thank you, Paul. Tottenham. So, who was the winner on that one? No idea. No, he'll. uh, Chris is going to write it down. Okay. Uh, Dennis was also asking, Mark, have you got any regrets from your playing career? Sorry, I missed that. Have you got any regrets from your playing career? 
Um, maybe not getting an England cap. Um, I think I was very close when I was at West Ham and the first season we finished third. We should have really won the league, to be honest. Liverpool, we just, you know, up to the last game of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Liverpool hadn't beat Chelsea. They'd been West Ham and Everton for the Championship, which, which in West Ham, you know, in their days, it's never been done before. And it's, you know, it's the, the highest a team has ever finished in their history. So, you know, I was lucky enough to play in every game that season. And it was a fantastic team. McEvaney and Cotty scoring 58 goals and Devonshire and himself on the wings. Phil Parks, Alan Devonshire, um, Alvin Martin. What a great side. And uh, we just ran out of games. Uh, and that's, you know, I think Cluffy, I remember I destroyed Pierce a couple of times that season. And uh, I think Cluffy said, take him to the World Cup. He's just destroyed the best left-back in the world. And, uh, you know, I think I was, you know, unlucky not to get a cap, really. Mm. Mm. Well, our first semi-final is in, ladies and gents, and it is whoever bowed at Tottenham. It was the one and only Stav. Well done, Stav. Well done, Stav. Well done, You're Stav. in the final. Final. Another fifteen minutes from a draw. The one out. Yeah, crack on, Mark. Sorry. Yeah. So regrets. Yeah, and uh, probably yeah, the, the England cap that I never got. But uh, and sometimes in life, uh, you know, you leave clubs early. Uh, I probably regret leaving. Birmingham, but I had no choice, and uh, you know sometimes, like I, I left, I left Everton to go to Birmingham, and they got to the cup final that season and beat and beat Man United. So there's yeah, another, mm. yeah, there's another regret, and uh, but you know I'm one of them players who's got to play. You know a lot of players just finish the careers off in the reserves, or but uh, I just love to play football, and uh, mm. you know Birmingham City give me the opportunity. And I enjoyed the two seasons I had there. It was fantastic. Mm, mm. And how does it compare playing at St Andrews compared to Goodison Park? Well, we had some good gates that season. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, I think they started doing the kid a quid or something. Was it kids getting yeah, free? Yeah, yeah. I just, mm. I just, you know, I think parents were taking the kids to the games then. And, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the evening games. There was a special atmosphere. And like, yeah. Whatever club you're out of, you're winning. The fans love it. And uh, it's like Tottenham now. They're top of the league and everything's hunky-dory, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. With Birmingham, that second season, you know, going back for uh, promotion, automatic promotion, the pressure was on the club because they were the biggest, by far the biggest club in the division. Mm. And, uh, you know, we were the big boys of that league where... Mm. You know, especially at home as well, and we go away. Everyone expected, you know, wanted to play Birmingham. They were, the, you know, they were the Liverpool or the, the Man United of the division. And uh, yeah, the game was yeah. a tough game. And, Mind uh, you, I mean, it was, going back to the Wembley final. I mean, going to Wembley it was weird that we were actually favourites going into a final. You know, normally we were the underdog, but that I just felt, you know, yeah. there's a lot of pressure that day because we were actually the favourite. It wasn't the best of games, was it? From what you know, from what I remember. I know we won and you know we had fun and everything, but yeah, it was really. Yeah, it, it was game. a disappointing game, and uh, I I didn't know it was Carlisle, obviously, but uh, it was the game with the uh, the golden goal, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was a great game to be involved in, especially when you you win with the golden yeah. goal because you score the goal, and then you see all the 
the opposition just fall to the knees because they can't. <laughs> it's over, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it just it, it didn't work out, did it, for the rest of the other competitions? I went to the I went to the very first goal goal game. I think it was against Swansea at St Andrews, and we scored yeah. the golden goal in that. And we scored the golden goal in the final. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what we've done, Mark, what, what I'd like to do now, if this is okay with everyone, is just do the questions from in the week, if that's all right. Oh, we can. Yeah. So what we do, Mark, <laughs> we, just have, we just put on our page and ask our viewers to ask you any questions. Um, so first one is from John Smith. He's saying he supported Blue since 1980-ish. He's one of the best three players I've seen in the last 40 years. Wear the, wear, wear the blue shirt. Um so, so so grateful he came to Blues and ran the show from midfield. What made him? What made you sign for Blues? So I think you've kind of touched upon that, but yeah, any more well, to add? I think the, the ten games that I had uh, on loan, you know, I just loved the club. I loved I loved the atmosphere. The, the fans were great, and obviously I'd made an impression. Um, I, I could have just gone there. People go on loan and just. You know, stroll through, just stroll through it and not even bothered. And it wasn't the uh, the bonus of the money really, because I always remember we beat Tramia, and then we we realised Wolves at uh, West Brom had won, so they mm. stayed up by one goal. And I was flying flying out to the Cayman Islands the next day with my ex wife, and it wasn't till going over the Atlantic she turned around to me and said, "Wasn't you on a bonus to, to keep Birmingham up?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, I've got all about it. So money wasn't, it was just, I just wanted to play. And them fans at that last game were unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and even at Wembley, uh, the season afterwards, I think they took 55,000. Yeah. You know, they hadn't been at Wembley for a long time. And uh, I'll always remember the fans and, and living in the city was it was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Trevor John Smith is asking, looking back, what was your greatest memory playing for Birmingham City? Well, two really. The Wembley victory was great, and I got mad at the match, which is it wasn't a great game, but uh, but I think winning the league or Huddersfield away, yeah, you know, atmosphere because yeah. they were a good side as well, and yeah. uh, I think Claret scored, didn't he? And uh, he did. Yeah, tight. Fantastic. Yeah, it's just you know the build up to that game, and I love the game. The bigger the game, the better the player I was, and. Uh, you know, uh, you know, get man of the match at Wembley. I've scored derby goals against Liverpool, and but to me, that was right up my street, and uh, I just loved the the occasion. That, because you'd worked all year, you know, yeah. all the all the travelling, mm. and it was all about let's do it, let's get it done, let's get it finished, mm-hmm. let's, get, let's get back up. Yeah, yeah, sure. Steve Jobs saying just to ask Mark for he just ask Mark for his recollection of the ninety four ninety five double season and that midfield axis of Hunt, Shearer, and yourself. Yeah, because we, yeah. you know we we had a lot of players, but especially the midfield didn't really change so much. And Hunt, he was a great player, and Shearer was the like he was the one that was he he was like the dog in there. He he'd go and win the ball, and I love yeah. playing with because you know. It, he admits himself he wasn't the greatest player on the ball. And when you've got someone there who can win it and just lay it off quickly, and then it gives me a bit of time. Uh, and I just love playing uh, with, with Donoa, Louis, Louis Donoa wide, because he had that much pace. Didn't yeah, really was... need 
an unbelievable ball. So fast, yeah. It was just like a, I just cock it onto my right foot and ping it over the fullback's head, and he was away. That lad yeah. was so. And uh, yeah. I was, I tried to coach him by slowing down, and you know, he was so quick. Uh, he'd get into some really dangerous positions, and he'd do everything quick. I said, Louis, just slow down and try and, you know, if you slow down a little bit, you know, then we can catch up to you. <laughs> but uh, we had a lot of pace in the team. Which, was, which really helped us, you know? Yeah, yeah. Another great memory for me was New Year's Eve, 1994. We beat Blackpool at home, 7-1. 7-1, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I do remember that. And uh, an offset for that is, I went for the uh, I went for the, the manager's job at Blackpool when I left Birmingham City. And one of the old directors, I had one of me, I had one coaching badge, but one of the old directors said, well, you haven't got all your coaching badges. And I said to him, well, I didn't have all my, all my coaching badges when we beat you 7-1 at Burnley. <laughs> and he just shut him straight up, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> incidentally, he didn't get the job, like. <laughs> uh, Stephen Gill's asking, who was the toughest opponent you, 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 you faced and who was the coach that made you la- a lasting impression on you? So, who was your toughest ever opponent and who was the um, coach that made the longest lasting impression on you? Uh, probably uh, toughest opponent, the ex-wife, I think. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I come up against some really tasty left backs when I was, you know, early on in my career. Pierce, Van der Nau, Mark Dennis, and you know, every one of them was called psycho. So, yeah. you know, especially Pierce, he, uh, you know, he used to pull his shorts right up, up his thighs, and you know. But I, I've always said this: Stuart put in his book, I was his most difficult opponent he'd ever faced. And when people ask me that, I say, he said, what do you think of that? I said, well, he's telling the truth. Because I was. Uh, he never come out in the second half against me twice. Um, and then, I remember the first time I played against him, he'd done me. Uh, I had stitches in me just below my shin. And uh, I took my boots off. It was full of blood. And I gave him a ton of time in the second half. Cottage scored two. And, you know, I, I was I was brought up that way. And yeah. you know, it was a very... Uh, it was a bad loser, but to me, when you play against these tough fullbacks, and they were tough, Mark Dennis was ruthless, and uh, Van der Nau, he was the he was the he was the nutty one, and uh, yeah. it, you know your game could be over if you don't compete and don't let them bully you, and uh, you know I'd say them three were were all uh, round the bend. Mm. Mm. Um, Paul McCarthy's asking the best goal you scored for Blues and why. I think he scored many, did I? Uh, I think he hit a free kick. Uh, I can't remember who it was against right on the edge of the box and it, when it flew into the top corner. But yeah, uh, I'll probably say that free kick. Yeah, I remember the one. Off, I remember one you got at Brentford as well that went in off the post, the near yeah. post. Remember that? Yeah, I didn't score many. No, it was um, <laughs> Anthony Garvey saying Brian Brian Clough once said that if he was England manager, he would have picked you. Um, do you th- sorry? Do you think you were near to getting an England cap? So again, you've sort t- of touched upon that earlier as well. Yeah, that was my regrets, but you know, obviously for Cluffy, for a man of his stature and what he'd won in the game, when you know when he puts things in the papers like that, and it was great for me, and, and especially with Stuart. And I met Stuart last uh, before the COVID. He was in the media room at, uh, at West Ham, and he come over and shook my hand, and he said, "I can never get the better of you, Wardy." Because <laughs> he was a fantastic footballer, you know. He was a great player when he was Stuart Pearce, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Siobhan Kenny's asking if you hadn't have gotten into football, is there anything else you wanted to do? 
well, loads of things, but we won't going to say it on here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jason, sorry, go on. Go on, go on. Yeah, oh, so, yep. Yeah, so, Jason Hughes, I've been played in the first final at Wembley, so I have a golden goal. What does the what do you think of um, a golden goal set in a game? Um, and one of, and he's also said that you're one of his favourite ever Blues players, just class. Yeah. So what's he saying? Do you think we should bring that golden goal back? Is that what he's saying? Kind of, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on it? And if he, well, I guess that's sort of his question, yeah. So if you bought it, if it, yeah. Well, I think when you think, you know, the seasons are longer now. There's a lot of, a lot of games to be played. So this, this extra time, I think it'd suit that, you know, the golden goal because you'd go for it, wouldn't you? Yeah. And we played at Birmingham. We're very attacking side and batting. That's what he's all goes blazing, isn't it? And uh, so it suited us really because we did go for it and in the extra time. And it's, it's a great thing to be involved in when you score that goal because there's no way back for the opposition. Mm-hmm. And Dennis is asking, who's the dirtiest player um, you ever played on a pitch with? Van der Nau. Van der Nau. Oh, yeah, Van der Nau was oh, punching, kicking off the ball, and uh, punches off Mark Dennis and. You know, you wouldn't get away with it now, are you? Yeah. So, apart from toughest, then, who's the best pl- Who's the best player you've ever played with and against? The best player, Alan Devonshire. Played with played me at West Ham. What yeah. a player. Uh, just when you think he signed for West Ham for £5,000 from uh, a non-league club down in London. And uh, it was just unbelievable. What a player. And uh, played against, I think, Dalglish was a fantastic player. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's a red. And what about the Blues? Best player you played with the Blues? With with at the Blues, um, you know what? Some great players. Uh, keeper was great, Ben. Yeah. Uh, Davey, so consistent, strong. Uh, I'd have to say for consistency, I think I'd either one of them, Ben or, or Liam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a great squad. It was a great squad, wasn't it? You got your sport for choice, really. There, yeah. And you know, I put Claret in there. Cleggy was, yeah. You know, I used to call him Stick at the Dump because he never used to go home. He used to sleep in his car. Yeah. I said, you're not, you're not staying in here. You haven't even had a shower. So I'd, I'd go, and he's, he's nearly start crying. But great lad, you know, mm. a player that would give his all and fantastic uh, ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Liverpool, obviously the two games against Liverpool in the Cup as well. You know what? You were gutted. You must have been gutted when he beat them, obviously. Well, I I missed the first penalty, but we we murdered him at St. Andrews. And then I also remember a lot on that night. I remember Barry put Dominguez on and then substituted him. And he was crying. He's walking past me crying and I felt so sorry for him. (laughs) And I think, you know, some managers have done it. Howard Kendall did it, but... Uh, I think you know went to penalties, but we should have won it anyway. You know what I mean? And that's the quality of the side because Liverpool were a great side at the time. And uh, yeah, to, to take yeah. them over to the games. And, what a, what a, I say! What a goal by Otto though. Yeah, Got a fantastic goal. Yeah, I always remember I went to watch Liverpool uh, before the first game, and uh, I said they'll play midweek, and I said to Barry, I'll, I'll go and watch them. And we all know what Liverpool are about, but. I took something from the game because Ruddock, Ruddock was picking up the ball all the time and there was no one around him. And what he was doing, he was putting a straight pass into midfield and Matt Manaman was coming from wide and no one was taking it, tracking him. 
and he was picking the ball up and he was causing mayhem. So I said to Barry, I want Claridge to mark Ruddock. He went, what? I said, I want Claridge to mark Ruddock. I said, because everything's going through Ruddock. I said, and the, the, he's causing mayhem. What do you effing mean? I sent a forward, Mark, and I said, okay, what I'm saying is, I want him to be around him. I said, and stop him getting the ball because he's the one that's is distributing it. And that was the quite the success that we had because when you're playing uh, these top flight games and all that, you've got to look at the opposition and look at the strengths and the weaknesses. And to me, the strength was, and uh, we sussed that out to Matt Manaman that never got much of the ball in the two games because Cleggy was fit enough to get around Ruddock's feet. Mm-hmm. He was a special player, wasn't he, McManaman? McManaman was quality. Yeah, and you've got to stop players playing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was another player I liked as well, the left-back, um, Cooper. Gary Cooper, yeah. Yeah, Gary, Gary Cooper. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Didn't we have, who, who was the other fellow? John Frame, wasn't he? Frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we had yeah, Gary yeah, we have Franny and Cooper for left back. He always yeah. reminded me of Ali Campbell, Gary Cooper. He yeah, Gary Campbell, didn't he? At UB40. He did That's a bit, yeah. Bevies with him. <laughs> oh. Then uh, the, the UB40. questions now, Paul, because there's more coming in. Okay, now that's that's the questions done, Nick. Yeah, do you want to do some live ones? Here we go. Jason Hughes, did you know about Tucker's t shirt at Wembley Pound? Sorry? Did you know about Tate's t shirt at Wembley before the game? No. I didn't, and I was very close. We've actually had a story off him pretend. No, I didn't know anything beforehand, and I uh, spoke to Paul about a month ago, so I'm still in touch with Paul. Uh, really got on well with Paul. Great talent. He had his problems, but, um, you know, fair play to him. You know, Boyard, supporter of uh, Birmingham, and to score the winner at Wembley. You know, we got a bit of, we got in touch over it, but that's the way it is. I, I thought it was good. Tate's story is that uh, everybody took a T-shirt out of the box and that was the last one. He said he didn't know anything about it whatsoever. <laughs> then he yeah, got that... called up into um, uh, Sullivan's office on the Monday after and he thought, oh, I'm going to get rocketed. I'm going to get absolutely rocketed. And uh, Sullivan invited him into the office, had him in, sat him down, he's like your T-shirt. We're going to market it in the Blues Club shop. Quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah a, you know, I didn't realise, you know, each city like Liverpool and Everton, you've got Man United and City, but the, the rivalry between Villa and Birmingham, until you play for the club and you live there, you don't realise how intense it is. It's a big, mm. intense club. Yeah, it is. Get mm. yeah. to play in any game, Mark? I never played... Never played for Birmingham against Villa, but we played the other, the other games, didn't we? Uh, West Brom and uh, yeah, local derbies. You know what I mean? So I think I'm, I'm, there's only a few players that have played in a London, Merseyside, Manchester, and a, and a Birmingham derby. I played in every city, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The record. Yeah. yeah. So mm. can't be bad. I'm right, trying to get this computer. Mark, do you ever meet up with any ex-Blues players from Brenda? Um, we had a reunion a few years back. Um, I don't know who organised it. I don't know. It was the club, and it was the team uh, that the the, the cup winning team and the team that won the league. And it was a really good night. Mm. Uh, just great to see all the lads. Barry was there. Um, Keeping in touch with Liam Dace and Tatey. Uh, 
but I haven't bumped into any of the other lads, to be honest. It's just a lot of... Right, OK. There we go. So that. Yeah. OK, so it's Luton up next away and then a home to Millwall. Thanks, Nicholas Wilesbury, for that one. Predictions for Luton away, Mark. Oh, Mark, how uh, um, with the, the robe on? I'll start with you. I, um, I've got a funny feeling we're going to win at Luton. Um, don't know why. I just think we'll scrape it 1-0. Right, I'm going 4-0. Mr Hipkiss? I'm going to go 2-1 to us. Right. Mark Ward, what do you reckon? Uh, I'll go the same, 2-1 Birmingham. 2-1 to the Blues. OK, somebody's just gone red. I knew who that was. Who's got finger in front of the phone? I think he's just putting his phone into the place saying, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to get a, a different phone. Uh, <laughs> Paul Sterndale, 2-0 to the Blues. We've got to start winning. We've got to start winning. We can't We can't yeah. do another. So, um, Brenda said, Doc. Jeremy said, Mark, you've got to, if you can shout more than him, come on, Blues. You've got to do it. You've got to shout, <laughs> come on, Blues, as much as you, loud as you can. Jeremy's on. Come on, Blues. Come on, Blues. Come on, Blues. You'd hear, you'd hear him from New Street Station, mate, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Ricketts is for boring. Nil, nil, draw. Daniel, come on. Keep the faith, man. Keep the faith. Uh, Michael, Luton, one, Blues, two. Trevor Smith, Luton, nil, Blues, one. Yeah. Uh, Dave Twine, nil, one. OK, so it's back to Mrs Brown now and his uh, hand signals. Let's do the second part of the competition draw to see who else is the final for the full-time draw for the signed shirt in about 15 minutes' time. Mrs. Brown. Across. Yeah. There he is. Right, OK. You've got a card. One second, he said. One second it is. That's one second. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Jay Farrington. Jay Farrington has won. Is, is now in the final. So, Mark Ward, if you could write those two names down on a piece of paper, yep. two pieces this, of paper. The first one. Lovely. Stav. Stav uh, was Stav, the first Stav, one. S-T-A-V. Stav. Yeah. Stav. 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 Yeah. And who else? Jay Farrington. Jay Farrington. Jay. Stav and Jay. And we'll come back to them in about 15 minutes, all right? OK. Yeah, yeah. excitement going. So, doom, Mark, doom, you still got doom, any, doom. Of your, um, any of your old shirts or blues memorabilia? Medals, you know yeah. I've done loads for charity and, uh, and my sister's got that motor neurone disease and it's a terrible disease. Oh. She lives in Wolverhampton and uh, she got diagnosed at about a year ago and there's no cure. So I've done loads of charity stuff. Uh, over, we had to build a downstairs bedroom for her and a wet room. and It's a terrible... She's only a year older than me and it's, you know she had a cafe. Uh, it's doing really well for herself. And, you know... I've all my all my shirts and everything else I've just, you know, give away to charity before this. But uh, I had a great response down here from all my West Ham people. I raised twenty five thousand pounds for one night. I only had sixty people in the room. Uh, which is an amazing amount of money. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was in a position to help my sister and uh, she's still she's still there clinging on and I'm hoping to see her next week. But you know, I'm not. I've never been one for uh, keeping anything. I, I remember I got my man of the match trophy at Wembley and give it to uh, 
as soon as he got back to Birmingham, they ended up going out with the lads and gave it to the, the fellow who was pubbing with him for behind the bar. And one of the lads. Can you come to a pub? You doing? Sorry. How can you come to the pub I work in? I know. It's just the way. I, yeah, I don't know. It might have been a bit. Uh, had too many beers, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff uh, I'd give away. You know. Yeah. Oscar, can I ask you? Can I ask you a question, Mark? I read, I read somewhere that when you played in the FA Trophy final, about 1983, 84, with Northwich, yeah. you actually, you, you lost the final, but did you chuck your runners-up medal away? Was that no, true? I never, I never went up for it, yeah. I, you didn't bother? Yeah. yeah, I was very... Uh, I was a terrible loser, and uh, yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. No. Uh, so, you know, especially at Wembley... Um, I think they targeted me in the first minute. I got a terrible tackle. It should, it should have gone off, really. And I tried to stay on, and my leg was a mess. And I was just so uh, upset. And, and I remember walking off the pitch, and uh, it's like someone high up in the FA was chasing after me, saying, you can't do this. I said, I don't want your medal. I don't want, I don't want him to lose his medal. And I remember my captain, Kenny Jones, he'd been at the club for years. He'd come in, and he went, I was in the bat. And he handed me the medal and I went to throw it and he went, listen, son, he said, you've got to learn how to lose. And uh, he, he said, just take it. He said, and you're going to be in a bit of trouble. And, well, I did get in a bit of trouble over it, but, you know, something I was only 18. So mm. um, I didn't change much, so. <laughs> I don't understand that emotions, you know. When the Blues lose, if they lose, just, just a normal big game, I'll fly I'm vile. Don't speak yeah. to me for the rest of the night. Yeah. Stab, Stab, is our finest, yeah? He said, come on, Mark, you're a legend. If he loses, or would you do a signed book for the loser? Because that shirt is, is an icon. It's, it's iconic. Um, would you do a signed book for the loser for us, Mark? My book. Hey, My book. Is that what he wants? Yes. My book to be signed? Yeah. Yeah. For the loser, the person who doesn't win the signed shirt, I think you mean, yeah. It's all all the books are sold out. It's that good. They're all gone. They're all... Are you go stab that? No, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. what I'll do is I'll get one, and because I love the blues, I'll get them. I'll, I'll get one and I'll send it to the loser. Top man, super, oh, wow. super. If you send it through to Chris Brown, we'll make sure hundred percent that it gets to the, the recipient. Yeah, really kind. Oh, well done. There you go. What a ledge. What an absolute legend. Well, 25 minutes of the show to go. Blimey, blimey, blimey. Uh, welcome, Vic Singh. Hope you get back soon. Saw you uh, post in bed the other night. Sort yourself out and uh, get back to us quickly. If you can. Uh, not if you can, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stab Smith says it's an awful, awful disease and hard to watch everyone deteriorate like they do. I think it's either his sister-in-law that's uh, that, 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 that passed away with it. Mm. <sighs> can you say there's anything we can do for you, Mark? At any time, you know, just let us know. We've got a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot of people out there. Just there's been a lot of uh, sports people who, who've had it recently. You know, rugby players and you know, even a footballer uh, from Wigan. I forget his name now. So it's been highlighted a lot in the you know in the press and things like that. It's just a terrible disease, and I mm. just wouldn't sit on anybody. You know. Yeah. No. Paul, could you take us through um, the one to an? Yeah, so Mark, we asked you to pick your 1-11, to didn't we, from the players you played with for us? Yes. So what are we going, 4-4-2? Four, four, 
Yes, I missed one out, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we normally don't let the uh, guests pick themselves either, but, you know, we'll, we'll allow well, for I've you. Done, I've done this loads of times in, like, for different clubs and things like that. And uh, I always... He didn't say that I couldn't pick myself. So I've had to... I had to put myself in my team, haven't I? Because there's no of one. Of course. Well, you would. You, you, you'd you be the first name on the team sheet. But yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it was Ian Bennett in goal. And then uh, by back Gary Poole. I think it picks itself this team, really. Anybody who was there all through that season, there wasn't many. Uh, to me, this was the strongest side. But it wasn't always Mark, the side. Mark, you cut your head off again, Mark, you cut your head off again. Can you hear me now? No, no, you've cut, the top of your head's cut off. Oh, sorry, mate, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I had uh, Ian Bennett in goal and then Gary Poole. Yeah. Liam Dace, uh, Chris White, Premier League winner. Yeah. Uh, and they had a good understanding. And I went with John Frayne, but I forgot about Coops. <laughs> you Can't must have it now. Did After you the know? deadline, sorry. <laughs> well, I know, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the yeah. wind is short. Well, listen. There was, wasn't much between them two, so... And then uh, no. we had midfield of me, um, I had... Uh, who else did I have alongside me? P- P- Peter um, Shearer. Sorry, Peter Shearer. Then I had Dominguez. Yeah. And I had Tatey, didn't I? Yeah. In, in hole, and I had Claridge up front. Yeah. And then there was was there one more as well? Is that, oh, is that Louis, Louis Dodd. Louis Donner. Louis Donner. Louis yeah. So Claridge on his own, yeah? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Claridge on his own with uh, Tatey going to support him. And then you've got like the trickery of Dominguez and the, and the pace of uh, Louis. Yeah, yeah. Be a good attacking. Because Claridge could hold the ball up. He was a great. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was quality, yeah. quality he player. Play up but... he, was, he could run. He could run forever. He was so yeah. fit. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, Tatey had a great, uh, great ability, and I know he wasn't in in the team, you know, on a everyday basis uh, with Barry, but I'd have picked him. I'd have yeah, him in. yeah, yeah. And I guess if you didn't pick yourself, it would be Jonathan Hunt, would it? Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, uh, probably Jonathan, yeah, in there. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Good side. Good names in there. Yeah. Some good names yeah. in there. Okay, back to the comments now. Auntie Linda is an absolute rock and a star watch for uh, the charity work that we do here on, on the Tilt and Talk show. And also she does an awful work, Sassy's Blues, which is the Burmese uh, disabled supporters. She said, Mark, I will let you shave my head for motor neurone disease. Let's raise some money for this awful disease. She shaved her head a year ago for our PTSD charity and raised over 800 quid. 800 quid. So that's from Auntie Linda. And there are a few more messages that have come in around there. Mick Greaves, hope your sister gets better soon, Mark. Just remember, Blues are a family club. Keep right on. Stab Smith, who's in the final. I'm sure Accessi Blues will be able to raise a few quid. It's a lot to live myself. Not only my ex-brother-in-law died of it, but my ex-wife lost her son in a road traffic accident in April. And uh, there are more, there are more, there are more, there are more, there are more. Um, brother had it uh, Irish schoolboy international passed away four weeks ago from Patrick Farrell so Mark what we're going to do Linda is, is 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 like a rock she's a rockweiler as far as raising money is concerned um, Linda 
the summer and then we'll we'll do something with you. We'll we'll talk after the show and then Mark will raise a few for Motor uh, Just after Christmas, we're doing the thirty thousand pound charity up to Christmas. Good idea. Thank you. Thanks very much. Mm. Mm. You know, you gave your all for us. We'll give it back. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> no problem. Brilliant. And so we'll be in touch. Don't forget that um, that signature for me as well after. Right. Okay. We'll give you the address to in a bit. Yeah. Sorry, Mark, coming back to your team, who, who would be who would be the captain in that one to eleven, mate? There's only one is Liam. Liam yeah. is a good yeah. 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 You know, all the good captains I've played under Alvin Martin at West Ham, Dave Watson at Everton. You know, all your centre halves are there to be your strong men and it's where you get all your leadership from and you know, he was outstanding in that season and, uh, you know, he's an international at the end of the day. Yeah, he was. Top draw. Top draw player. Good lad. Yeah. Good lad, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And who was your football idol growing up as a child? Well, because I was only tiny uh, and I was an Evertonian. At the time, Kevin Keegan was the bees and E's, wasn't he? But I couldn't tell yeah. me dad. And uh, I just loved watching him and uh, his whole action game and everything else and, I remember Liverpool tried to sign me as a kid and took me to Wembley when they got beat by United going for the treble. Mm. And uh, they took me to an evening game and actually met Kevin Keegan. He come out with a, a red pole neck on and I was just like gobsmacked and I thought. And uh, my dad said, there's only one team you're signing for, so don't get any ideas. You're signing for Everton. And I uh, signed schoolboy and apprentice at Everton. So, um, you know... That that was me. I, he was my idol as a, as a kid, like Keegan. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm. Right, Mark Stav, who's in our final. Uh, um, I'll Jay Harry. Of course, if Mark comes down and shaves Linda's head, I'll put fifty quid in myself straight away. Boom. Oh, that's brilliant. Man. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. Superb, superb. And uh, Daniel Ricketts would love to do something for charity but wouldn't know where to start. Get in touch with Auntie Linda, Daniel, and she will point you straight in the right direction, my good friend. Believe me, believe yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Wood says nobody could play the bugle like Daishi. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it yeah. means. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, I always remember something about that. I used to play. Have you heard anything about that? He did. Uh... I haven't, no. Christmas parties, and we used to have a Christmas party, didn't we? You don't have them these days because they don't, they don't even have a drink now, do they? But yeah, mm. we had a, a few few nights out with uh, Daisy playing the bugle. Mm. I remember, him, I remember him playing the flute. Yeah, yeah, remember that? He's a after he's a school. Good <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a uh, Liam. Yeah. We, you know, we, we'd go out and do golf days as well, so. I think what we had there at Birmingham, we had a good team spirit as well. You know what I mean? The lads were all together. And I yeah. think that you need that to win in any any division. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, he's just written in Hocker's name, Liam Davidson is on to 11. And his captain, we will, we have his shirt from this little game. Excuse me. When Blues were promoted and it's signed, if you want to own it, watch out and give us your bids because we're going to be auctioning that very, very shortly. And it's red. Yeah, so Mark, earlier in the year, um, Liam joined us, Daisy joined us for, for, for yeah. a show, and uh, he kindly donated his shirt from the Huddersfield game to us, to oh, auction. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. Superb. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. All right, Mrs. Brown, uh, just again. 
<laughs> are we ready for the grand final? Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. Here we go. The grand final is Jay Harrington and staff. Mark, do the business. What I've got to do, these... Got to draw one out. And our winner is... Hang on. Jay. Jay Harrington. Jay Harrington. That will be winging its way to you very, very shortly. And Stan, unfortunate, mate, but I know you're going to look forward to the book and I'm going to look forward to the side version. Mark, will sort it as and when he possibly can. So just bear with me days on that one. Okay. Well done, Jay. Yeah. Mr. Jay Farrington, wasn't it? Was it Farrington? Yeah. Farrington. Yeah. 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 Farrington, yeah. yeah. Stab's also said, I can't wait. I've got Liam Dacey's shin pad from the Huddersfield game. Want to get that side as well. Uh, winner, winner, winner. Jay Farrington, well done for winning that uh, awesome, awesome signed shirt. It's, uh, it's got Jude's signature on it. And it's one of the last official ones that uh, ever, ever, ever had his signature on. So, well done. Yeah. Well done. Mm. So we're we're into the last any, any, sorry, Nick. We're into the last fifteen minutes, Paul. I know, yeah, I know. Are we doing are we doing the last fifteen this week or should we, we um... you know what, Paul? We missed you that much last week, Paul. But <laughs> this week it's gonna be anything to do with going to the dentist. Anything to do with going to the dentist and football. Anything to okay. do with going to the dentist and football. <laughs> You're still in pain. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it's not quite right. It's nothing like it was this time last week, but it's going to take a few weeks to heal. I had a tough pull last week, Mark. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm missing it. Chewing gum just isn't the same. <laughs> <laughs> any more right, funny yeah, stories, Mark? Any more funny stories, Mark? Yeah. Uh, any more f funny Barry Fry's or any pranks that the lads did on each other or anything like that? What was it like in the dressing room? Well, it was a bit split, the dressing room at first. You know what I mean? It was just like, a, I think, because Barry's bought, brought a lot of players from Barnet and Southend. So them lads were clicky, weren't they? Because yeah. When the nucleus of players mm -hmm. all from the same club. And we had to try and break that down. And, uh, you know, I just took things from my ex-managers and uh, tried to do simple things in training. And to be honest... <laughs> Uh, there wasn't much coaching to be done. It was just a matter of trying to get them fit and into a, a, a method of playing, really. And, yeah. Uh, Barry was very, very um, vocal, as you know, on the sides. But as regards of organising things at our time, God, it was just a, a complete and utter waste of time because it was that many swear words and screaming and shouting. Uh, mm. Nothing ever got sorted out. But, you know... I, I, I lived down there. I, I loved living in Birmingham. Uh, it was a place Where that I never lived. I lived just off the Hagley Road. I had a, a nice flat off there. So, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed uh, the nightlife, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> You're quite in a handy location there as well, aren't you? You've got Broad Street yeah, as well, yeah. not far. Yeah. yeah. It was too handy, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, got to meet a lot of, uh, a lot of, Famous people in the city, to be honest, and uh, you know, I remember like going out with Tatey a lot, of, a lot, and uh, he showed me, he showed me the sights of Birmingham. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Yeah. I've got a few coming in. Uh, first one from Wayne Linden. We've got Mark Dentist. 
<laughs> Adrian Teeth, that's Heath, uh, Robert Lenar, <laughs> Mo Lenar. <laughs> Where do they do it? I can't beat them. They... Oh, Carol, sorry about this, but Aston Driller. Oh, oh, oh Carol. Ooh. Carol, Carol, Paul Bracewell. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you played with him, didn't you, Mark, Everton? Well, no, I'd left back. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was uh, well, he was in the Ball 80s. In good, good player he was. Yeah, he was, very good. Yeah. But uh, I, I, remember, I remember the story, uh, like Cleggy, Claridge liked the bet, didn't he? And uh, Sullivan had, a, David Sullivan had a lot of horses at the time at Birmingham. They're all like daily sports. You know, that's what that was under the banner. And uh, I remember us pulling up to Brentford Football Club and the race was on the telly and I used to like the race myself and I could see Sullivan's horse ready to go into the stalls. And I said to Cleggy, the chairman's horse is running here, Cleggy. Look at that, 33 to 1. And I always knew that he's up, the, the horse is from his stallion, like soft ground, and it was it was really raining heavy. He was at Newbury. I, I said, I'll have, a, I'll have a ten of each way on it. He said, so past the 20 quid, 10 each way, 33 to 1. And Barry said, Cleggy, see, when you can't swear and all that, it's, it's not as the, the same. No, yeah, it? I know yeah. what you mean, yeah. 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 Okay. He went, Cleggy, and he, and he so Cleggy's put the, the 40 pound in his top pocket and was just rubbing his hands together saying, the easiest money you've, you've ever took and all that. Like, it's like taking, taking money off a baby and all that. Anyway, everyone was watching the race. And as we just pulled up to this, the stadium, it was at the back of the horse and it just got up on the line, put its head up right on the line. It was a photograph. He went white. <laughs> so, so it was a lot oh, yeah. of, it's nearly, nearly a bag of sand, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Bag so of sand. Back, back, back. <laughs> We've heard that story once or twice. <laughs> I said to him, I said, he was just like, oh, it was just like a, his bottle had gone. He just, he just put him right off his gear. I said, listen, I don't want the money. I said, just leave it, don't. He said, are you sure? I went, listen, I'm keeping me 20 quid, but don't want the winnings. No, give, give us that back. Anyway, Barry wouldn't, would he? <laughs> Barry, <laughs> old, old Barry, the, the, it's like 450 odd pounds. Like, but uh, he, he'd never done that again, put it that way. He scored as well, to be honest. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. Can't be bad. Yeah. Quite a few more coming in there. We've got Paul Rince, uh, Chris Mars, Denchuk. Chris Mardent, Chris Dent, sure. Yeah, I'll get that one, I'll get that one. <laughs> Filling Summerhill. <laughs> I was reading that one. Mark Dental Ward, uh, Manuel Petit. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Butch Dentist. <laughs> uh, Enamelin Hughes. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> uh, uh, Kim Upton, back to your um, horse racing uh, experiences, Mark. Back to my first statement to the tip you gave to my husband at Wolverhampton Races is still running. He will never forgive you for that, lol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, gambling, it's not for me. Horse racing for me, I'm not uh, born for it. So that's the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. I don't mind, I don't mind uh, the blood, access- though, but I'm not, I'm not horse racing. No, abscess no. fabgas. Abscess, I've got that one inside, yeah. <laughs> I never thought they'd get one. 
Paul, but they come back week after week, don't they? They never fail. Oh, yeah, they never yeah, fail. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Mark, your time, your time at Blues. Then, uh, what was it? What was it like in the dressing room before the game? Like, it can be a noisy lot. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, did, did you did you pick up on the before the games? Sorry, say that again. Did you pick up on the on the crowd before you know before the game? Did you, did you, could, yeah, could you I hear it in the dressing room. I used to enjoy the walk from this, uh, the dressing room. It was quite a long walk to the pit. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know the atmosphere at the ground was, was. I thought it was a great place to play football. You know, um, mm. I was lucky enough to play for some big clubs, and uh, I've always said Birmingham. You know, the two years I spent there was fantastic. And when you think about it, I don't think I was on the losing side many games. You know, mm. even then, ten games on loan, uh, they won eight of them. So I'm a great believer in the, you know, I knew it made a difference that season and I was hungry to, to go back and I think them 10 games, uh, it gave me uh, an insight to the club, the fans. Um, Barry, Barry wasn't my type of manager, but I took that on board because I thought I was still playing. And when you can still play, you can influence games. You know, as a coach, you, you know, and you're not the player coach, you're just on the line and you're just shouting out orders. But when you can get, get your foot on the ball and you can do things, I think that really helped me as well. Mm. Mm. When you when yeah. you when you ended up at Huddersfield, Mark, did you say would you say you sort of fallen out of love with the game? Had you, your passion for it gone? Yeah, and I was really upset because I thought, you know, you know, what I'd done at the club at Birmingham in a short space of time, I thought I might have had an opportunity. You know, Barry had moved on or whatever to take over there because it's, you know, even Barry has said uh, in the past I had, I had the qualities to be a manager because um, being a manager doesn't. You, you don't, some great footballers have become bad man, bad managers. So, but yeah. I think what I had the honesty and I played in most divisions, and I could still spot a player from, you know, that's I think now, if I was going to be involved with the club. You know, scouting would be uh, a fantastic job for me because, you know, I, I know a player. You know, I can see a player from from miles away, and uh, you know, everyone thinks they, they know a player. Everyone thinks you know they've got the favourites, this, that, and the other. But to me, when you got players from lower divisions, especially uh, who can improve as they go along, you know, because there's always improvements in players, and, and I think that's what I had from. Everton let me go at 18 and saying I wasn't big enough or strong enough or quick enough. I never got any bigger. But I tell you what, I got stronger and I got quicker. And uh, sometimes you only need to improve your game, uh, whether it could be physic physically, you know, for your athleticism or working on a part of your technique. It's easily done. And uh, some players just lack a little bit of, the, of their game to to master and, and become a proper player. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Quite a few more coming in through the uh, the dental regions, and <laughs> I think I've picked me winner. Uh, we've got Philling Neville. Philling <laughs> Neville. Mm -hmm. This this is one. This is up there. Mike, Michael Flossell. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Paul Rince. Lawrence, we've already had, but I think I think like this one. Trevor hurts a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. 
don't get that one. We've got Bird Blue, Minty, Joe Merrick. Joe Merrick. Joe <laughs> and John Scales. There's <laughs> a lot of mad kid, honestly. They're mad. Mad as what about, um, what about What about Spit Simons? Remember Kit Simons? Oh, yeah. Spit Simons. Yeah. Spit Simons. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, no, it really was a pleasure watching you play for us, Mark. Um, thanks for the memories, mate. It really was good times. Oh, yeah. It's a pleasure coming Frank, on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'll get that book signed and I'll, you have to give me a address and I'll send it to... Who's having it? We'll do. Stav. Yeah. We'll, Stav we'll, yeah. I'll get you to send it to Chris Brown, yeah? Yes. And then yeah. we'll get it back. Yeah. yeah. Superb. Yeah. Superb. Yeah. Five minutes to go till the end of time. Where has that gone to? We told you to go quick. Listen, I'm usually in bed now. I get all ready. Yeah, what's up? Are you still involved in football? If not, what are you doing nowadays? Well, like I said, I'm working for a water treatment company. So I'm in uh, the Royal Free Hospital tomorrow. Uh, It's like a building site, one of the wards. So I'm in charge of it there. So we, we put all the water in all the water softeners to soften the water before that goes to gets mixed with the blood for the dialysis. And because of this COVID, one of the uh, one of the problems with people who've had COVID badly that the kidneys fail. So mm-hmm. my boss is will flat out I'm in Ireland in a couple of weeks. We've you know been all over Scotland, Wales, Devon. So we work a lot away, you know, and uh, it's quite intense because they want these uh, dialysis units done as fast as proper as as possible in case there's a big second spike. But hopefully, they won't get enough to do that. Have you been? Have you been? Have you had to work in uh, in Brum? Wolverhampton. We've done something in Wolverhampton and Birmingham. Yeah, they have these satellite, uh, you know, uh, dialysis units now. Usually they're yeah. on industrial. States, you won't even know that you know uh, they're there, and it's like they're getting built it all around the country because there's not enough there's not enough dialysis units if loads of people need dialysis. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Just to confirm as well, next week's guest, we've got the pleasure of uh, Ian Atkins joining us. So uh, Ian Atkins is our yeah. special guest next week. Do you remember much of him, Mark? Play against him? Yeah, remember, remember yeah. him playing. Yeah, and he's he's managed as well, hasn't he? So he's, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so we've got our special guest next week. Yeah, good. And Chris has just put a piece of paper up and asked if you can stay just for two minutes after the show. Yes, not a problem. Okay, last couple in. Then we've got dentist wise. Ollie Gummer, Solskjaer, and Archie Gummel. Well, that's a good one. Archie Gummel. Mick James, I think he was. <laughs> Archie Gummel. There we go. <laughs> one more. One uh, more Linda, quick... Sorry, go on, Nick. Yeah, Linda, who's, who's, who's offered to have a shave for charity, wants to know when you're next back in Mark. When I'm next back? In Birmingham. Well, I'll go and see my sister. She lives in uh, just outside Wolverhampton, so I'll probably be up before Christmas Um because I'll be working away. I've got quite a bit of time off at Christmas, so I'll probably be around then. Okay. It's all out after next week anyway, so uh, hopefully we can get that done. And you can meet up with a dirt shaver bounce off once again. Yeah. <laughs> this is just the head she wants to see. Again. <laughs> Great show. Keep it up, Jason. Dr. Ed. Listerine Atkins. Listerine Atkins next week. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, one, oh. one, one last one quick last question from me, Mark. Um, what's what's your best what's the best goal that you remember us scoring when you was on the pitch? Oh, we scored a lot that season, didn't we? The yeah. But you know what? I think I think that you know that golden goal was just I know it's the Wembley and it's a bit of a cliche, but mm. I knocked the ball out to, we just wanted the game to finish and, and I knocked the ball out to Ricky Otto. He done brilliant and, and it was a quick crop and Tate he just it just glanced off his head and he knew yeah. what he was doing. Yeah. And to me, I think you know, to win a final at any any level, uh, especially at Wembley, uh, and the elation from the fans and everything, it was fantastic. I think that goal yeah. will always remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, mind you, I, we didn't have much time to celebrate, didn't we? Have, we had Brentford like two days later, didn't we? I think so, yeah, yeah, we yeah. did, yeah. And I, yeah. I remember. It was on the TV, wasn't it? And someone dragged me and I, I got presented with this Man of the Match Award. And all the lads yeah. are getting all the photo, photos done, you know, with the trophy and everything. And I was never on the photo. And I was a bit gutted about that. <laughs> Interviewed by Sky, was it? Yeah, Man of the Match. It was. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was... Yeah. I mean, I, I was there with my dad, but I think it was on... I think it was the first sort of final to be sort of... I think it was on Central, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. was it? Yeah. The first time they'd ever sort of shown it. Yeah, mainstream. To be honest, Birmingham had been at Wembley for so many years, and I remember doing loads of interviews and everything. The build-up to the game, it was like an FA Cup final because the way the fans had just, you know, warmed to to Birmingham, going back to Wembley after all mm. the years. It's a fantastic, fantastic day out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is about all we've got time for on the Talk and Talk Show. It's been an hour and a half of absolute pleasure talking to a legend, is Mark Ward. Thanks so much for lots of people to say. Thank you so much for all the memories and uh, and the two great seasons you had with us, the promotion and a Wembley visit and taking that trophy back with the for more. Mark Ward, ladies and gents. Mark Ward. Thanks very much. So from uh, Mr. Hibkett, a.k.a. Mr. Sheen. Good all. And from Mark, a.k.a. Mr. Robe. Good night, everyone. Please stay safe. Uh, Chris's uh, microphone isn't working. I'll say goodnight on behalf of him. <laughs> and it's goodnight from me. Thanks for being with us on the Tilt and Talk Show, sponsored by Bill Watts in conjunction with SAS Auto and, of course, Borsley Labour Club and the Garrett Public Company. Thanks for being with us. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you back here next Monday, 7.30 through till 9. And let's hope we get a good win to talk about. Good night. Keep right on. Ladies and gents, Mark Ward, thank you so, so, so very much. Thank you. Thanks very much. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.